0: As we continue to be drawn in, we move from hovering to dreaming. When we put dreaming into action, we are invited to remember that all of creation began with God's dreaming and creating abundantly. To put that another way, in our present tense, God's dreams love the future into existence. Thus we know that with God, the sky is the limit, and we are invited to live and dream big. How are you dreaming? Today, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from Luke 4 and our calling to connect the dots of our lives to look more like Jesus. Here is the First Church message of the week. So last week we kicked off our new sermon series that we're titling Drawn Into the Creative Life with God as we talked about how incredible God's creating and creation is. We reflected together on those opening words of Genesis that invite us and remind us that we have a letting God. God who invites us to know that even as God created the large and the small things of the world, it isn't that God overly had to focus or work, but God let them come to be, as he invited there to let there be light. Now, as we move into our series, we're going to continue to talk about what some of these unique and creative ways are that we can create and be a part of God's creation, and there, is a lot, there are a lot of ways that we are able to do that. But part of what we talked about last year with the creating and creation was this big picture stuff. But we also are invited to know that sometimes the big picture only comes into being if we first take a moment to focus on some of the details, the little small things that make up the bigger one. And so today, I want to invite you to join with me as we move from trying to see and be a part of the big picture into taking an active approach of bringing forth new creation within and around us while keeping those specific details that lead us towards the big picture in mind. Partly I want to do this because I imagine that God's greatest creation started with a big picture, right, with a dream. Anybody ever had a dream before? right? Sometimes our big dreams come to be not by running a marathon before you've ever run your first 5k, but by starting small and taking steps. God got to dream up what would be forthcoming and I would say loved all of the limitless creation that is into being by first taking small steps. By first knowing that we have to take all that is and all that has been with us into our future. And so today, as we dream together and as we focus not on the things that we cannot do or that we have not done, but instead on the things that we know God may be calling us to do, as we dream into that future and possibility, I want to invite you to join with me as we pray together. It was in the beginning of time, O God, that we know that you declared, let there be, and all that is and all that we are came into being. In the same way, might your spirit move in us this day, that we might let there be an openness and a willingness to encounter you in new ways, to encounter something unexpected in all you have to say and teach us this day. Amen. So the scripture passage that I'm going to read for us here in a moment is going to come from the book of Luke in the fourth chapter. I'm going to start in verse 14. This is the story that immediately follows the 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus has been wandering in the wilderness. Jesus comes back from this time of being challenged and being tempted and being vulnerable. And then we are told he jumped straight into ministry. We are told that he goes back to his hometown and he speaks in the temple. Now, this is an important story about Jesus because I believe that it connects the importance of past prophecies, things that his people have read and believed for a long, long time with the hope of the future that Jesus represented, not only for them, but also for us. At the time that this took place, we know that Jesus was inviting all who would hear to know that their hope of the future was not only something that they longed for a long ways out, but that it had come to be. Jesus brought that hope of the future into their hope of the present. Hear what I mean when we read this passage together. Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 14, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue as he normally did and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant, and sat down. Every eye on the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled, just as you heard it. Here ends our reading today. So in a turn of a different kind of image, I wonder if anyone looks at this screen, and if anyone here, uh, did anyone else, I know our kids left us, did you grow up doing Connect the Dots? Right, So we've all done Connect the Dots, and maybe some of us, not just as children, I know we have some young at heart among us, so maybe some of us still love to do Connect the Dots. Um, Whenever I think of Connect the Dots, I came up with this image because I think, wow, those complex circles and dots, they don't always make what we think they will, do they? It's amazing to me how a cluster of dots can come together to form something recognizable. And how that seemingly random splatter or, in this time, movement of dots together can make something that's understandable and whole when we're able to see it as, it's meant to, as it is meant to be, connecting them as one. It's a little like this connect-the-dot picture. Now, clearly, this is what I would call a cheating connect-the-dot Right, because they've already drawn in most of it for us. But as you draw around the aura, it gives you the outline of Jesus and it makes it very clear exactly what this is. But can you imagine this picture if there were no lines drawn in for you and there were lots more numbers? Can you imagine how easy it would be to accidentally connect the numbers in the wrong order and how none of it would then make sense? With these kinds of puzzles, I think it's often hard to see anything until we take time to connect the dots, and even then, when we're intentional and do it in the right order. Now, in a lot of ways, that is what is happening when we open the Bible. Standing alone, these stories that we read, they don't make sense. They don't hold a lot of meaning even on their own, at least not to the depth that they can when we hold them together. When we connect to these stories that are next to each other or the history or the culture or the traditions that they represent, they begin to come together to show us a deeper meaning of what Jesus is teaching. Often these lessons that Jesus offers us, just like in the one today, is a part of something bigger than it looks at first glance. That's what's happening when Jesus stands in the synagogue, as he does in the story today, and reads from the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue. When he steps up to read that day, the people in the congregation, they think they know him, right? They think they've got him all figured out. They know Jesus is Mary and Joseph's boy. He's the one who was raised in this town, who played with our children, who we saw helping his dad in the carpentry shop down the road. They know that Jesus is this kid that they've seen out at the market or worshiping in the synagogue with his family. They know him as the little boy that they had seen raised in their little hometown. But the day Jesus steps up in the synagogue, he's someone different. And that made this a day that they would not soon forget. Even though Jesus was a familiar face in their community, the fullness of his life and his mission and his purpose on earth, it had not been fully understood. But beginning to understand who he was began in this moment for them. Because until now, they could only see Jesus as this individual little dot, right? This one aspect of his life he knew, the child of their friends, the child of these people that they knew, and yet they had no idea what they could not yet see. That this wasn't just the neighborhood boy that they both knew and helped raise, But rather, Jesus was a whole lot more than that, and his true image was what we now know was as the Son of God, a truth that the community didn't know, in part because they had not yet had the opportunity to step back and see that big picture and connect all those dots. And yet, as we know that they couldn't have known this because of that, we also know that Jesus stepped up that day because he wanted to help them to do that. This is a big moment for Jesus and for all who hear the proclamation. Now, it was a big moment for Jesus in a lot of ways. Uh, Most preachers or other teachers, maybe, they'll tell you they remember their first day. I remember giving my first sermon in my home church. And you know what's great about preaching in your home church for the first time? Even if it's awful, they think you're amazing. But in the same way, Jesus stepped up that day, giving his first sermon and teaching in his home synagogue that day, and that's what they expected, to round up their little boy who's going to be a rabbi and to celebrate, and instead, Jesus, well, he brought a different kind of message, a different kind of announcement, an announcement that a theologian by the name of Linda Bridges describes well when she put it this way. She said that Jesus' announcement says that they can no longer see him as simply a village carpenter or as Mary and Joseph's boy. He is the one that they have been waiting to come all their lives and their grandparents' lives and the generations before them. The carpenter's son is the Messiah. As this Jesus' first sermon in his hometown is this moment that he not only steps up to share the word, but can you imagine the shock and the surprise when he declares that he is not only a rabbi for the time, but a rabbi for all of time? as he declares that he is the one that they have been waiting for. And everyone knows in this moment exactly who and what he's talking about. They know he is referring to this long-awaited Messiah, and frankly, they are stunned. In fact, in Luke, in verse 22 that we just read, it tells us that they were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. At first, we know that they were so excited to have their hometown boy come forth as their teacher and leader. Before long, though, those dots start to connect. And as Jesus continues speaking, they begin to get a sense of what Jesus' mission and life truly are about. And then suddenly, they're not really sure about this anymore. Because sometimes it's easy for us to get caught up in the little dots of life, right? The things that we like, the things that make us comfortable, the things that we want to dream about. But once we realize we have done so, we quickly realize that we've missed that big picture that we keep referring to. And I think that's true, not just in the life of Jesus, as none of these one stories can stand alone to taint a picture of who he is. But it's true in our lives too, isn't it? on our best days and on our worst ones. None of these individual dots create who we are, who we long to be, who we want the world to see us as. I was reminded of a story about this uh, recently when I was reminded of a story by Paul Harvey who talks about uh, Carl Coleman, who was a friend of his who was driving to work one day when he bumped fenders with another car. It was probably a Monday because that's how Mondays go, right? Right? Both cars stopped, we are told, and the woman driving the other car got out to take in the damages, and she was really distraught. She fully admitted immediately it was all her fault. She was driving a brand new car, though, less than two days from the showroom, and so she was more than a little distressed, and she confessed that of all the things she was worried about, they were both fine. It was just a little fender bender, but you know what she was worried about the most with this accident was telling her husband, right? Coleman was sympathetic and kind, but he still wanted to exchange license plate numbers and do all the things you have to do with the registration information. And so in her distraught state with this brand-new, beautiful two-day-old car with the dents in it, she reaches into the glove box, and she gets out the documents, and she starts pulling stuff out, and the first paper to tumble out is not the registration she was looking for, but a note written by her husband that simply said these words. In case of accident, remember, honey, it's you I love and not the car. It's easy to get caught up in our immediate moments of life, isn't it? And to realize that we've missed seeing the bigger picture that holds us together, that reminds us of who and whose we are, That day in the synagogue, Jesus was there to unveil his bigger picture. He was there to share with them his mission, as it tells us, to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to free the oppressed, it says, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was there that day, to help his community see the big picture and connect the dots of not only who God had called him to be, but who God had called them to be too. Because he came to remind them and us of our mission in life, of God's mission for our lives, of our call to do these things, to care for creation and one another in our community. Sometimes that call looks like gathering in community to share in worship, like we have done here today. But always, 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 that mission is bigger than us, too. It's about reaching beyond ourselves. to care for all of God's beloved, all who are in need or crying out or who are looking for a bit of extended grace or justice or forgiveness. That's partly why we here at First Church are always looking to expand and grow the ways that we care for one another. The ways that we care for our community. That's why when I ask people, one of my favorite responses I get is, when you think of First Church, what are some of the first things that come to mind? And often the response I get are things like, well, our food giveaways and our diaper giveaways and how we helped start the PAC program. Or one of my new favorites is our new partnership with Roosevelt Schools where we are seeking to care for our community school in tangible ways by providing school supplies and clothes and hygiene items and perhaps especially by supporting them through the power of prayer. Now, we could go on and give other examples of missions or prayers or community programs that we're connected to here. Hopefully you know these. Hopefully uh, you are familiar with many of these little dots that make up who First Church is. Each dot, by the way, that could also be represented by you, by your family, by the ways that you are a part of our community. We know these dots, I hope, because not only do they make up who we are at First Church and who we are as a community, but these dots also remind us of God's abundance and how we are all connected. They remind us that the more we give, the more we seek to be connected to one another, the more we dream and the more we create in new or abundant ways, the more we do these things, the more we are living into God's fullness and God's desires and God's dreams for us. Of God's calling and desires for us, both in our individual lives and in our communal ones. And the truth is that each and every one of us well, we have a life that we live from moment to moment. And if every one of those moments in your life registered as a single dot, I wonder what kind of pattern your dots might start to form, what kind of a picture your life would reveal. As followers of Jesus, we are called to take steps that help us make sure that every dot along the way, every step we take, every word we speak, every response we make, reflects the living presence of Jesus in our lives. How are we helping people around us see the light of God within each and every one of us? How do people see Jesus here in our church made up of this community of Jesus followers? How would you describe each of those dots that you think make up who First Church is? As Pastor Abigail mentioned earlier, this coming Saturday, we are joining together in our fellowship hall downstairs to, in part, have a conversation. Not about what all those dots look like, but if we had a couple of big, pointed, connecting points that all the rest draw back to, what would we call those? We are going to gather at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning to talk about what kinds of things would make up those dots, to make up who we are at First Church. Together, we're going to prayerfully long up both who we have been and who we are. We're going to talk a bit about some of our aspirations of who we long to become as we dream big dreams full of big picture ideals and share stories that illustrate who we are as we seek to live into these dreams, as we seek to live into the reality of who God has called us to be. We're going to imagine God's dreams for us as we come up with what our greatest values are in our church in order for us to live into and to embrace and to work towards bringing who God continues to call us to be into existence. And we're going to do all of this because we know that we are called to live into and to embrace our mission that will stay the same, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Now, friends, I name this workshop because it's important and it's timely and it's right there, but it's only one of a lot of ways that we are creating new dots and connecting old ones here at First Church. And we do so with these words before us, the ones that remind us that on that day that Jesus stepped up to read these words from Isaiah, we learned in that moment, over again, about the powerful transformative power of Jesus Christ in the world. We learned that Jesus' mission, well, it wasn't about what everyone expected. God is love, we heard earlier. God forgives you. What are those other things that we shouted out when Sandy asked? How do we know these things? We know that God will always be with the outsider in part because Jesus promised that he would bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, liberate the oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus proclaimed this good news that day, not for his own sake, not even just for the sake of those who were there to hear it, but Jesus proclaimed this good news as a reminder for us here today, too, as a reminder that each and every one of us, we have one life that we get to live. We have a choice, though. So. Do we want to live that moment, that life from moment to moment and from dot to dot? Or are we going to take moments like this one, when Jesus invites us to step back and to consider, what are we working towards? What are we hoping that people will see when they reflect on the dots that come together to compose our life? How will people see what God's love does in your life and in my life and in the life of our community? Are we choosing and leaning into and embracing the dots in our lives that help us to be a part of the more full, God filled picture? Friends, that is our invitation this week that we would take a moment to step back, to prayerfully consider what God might be calling and inviting you into and to see the big picture of which you are a part as we invite God anew to use you and to let you be a part of God's love in your life and in the lives of all you meet. Let's pray together. Letting and loving and inviting God, we thank you for the ways that you continue to speak to us in this time and always. May you help us, O God, to embrace your invitation anew this day as we seek to share your light and your love with all we meet this and every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.